Hannah's. Alrighty. So we've been looking at Revelation, and tonight uh, we're going to keep doing that. Revelation chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to 11. Um, so I'm going to pray, and uh, I hope you'll join me in that, all right? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the fact that you have made a people who gather together. Lord, from out of the nations, you brought us together to give you glory and honor and power. Lord, right now, uh, please help me to speak faithfully. Please help me, to help me to speak well. And Lord, please help us to understand what you have to say to us. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so here's the scene, right? You're coming home from school, so it's the afternoon, right? You get off your bus and you see your street. It's packed with police cars and like fire engines and everything like that, right? And there's barricades and everyone is kept at least 100 meters away from your house. You're like, what the heck? Somehow you manage to fight your way through the crowds and you get to your front door and it's open and you can see in and you can see your kitchen, Right, And you can see like a bomb squad and there's so much tension in the room as you get there because you realize that there's an explosive right right in your kitchen and it, they're just about to cut the wire. And so you kind of peer through and there's so much tension, right? You peer through and you see it and it's a pineapple. Um, see, it'd be ridiculous, right? That, that'd be stupid, right? Bomb squad, pineapple. Um, when someone doesn't understand what something is, they react to it in a stupid way, right? Right then, that would have meant like wasting time for the local police and everything just would have been absolutely ridiculous, right? Because the worst thing a pineapple can do is just ruin a pizza, right? It's not going to blow up. <laughs> Shh. Uh, in the bit of Revelation that we're going to read tonight, we see a whole bunch of people and they see God and they react to him. And I reckon the way that they react is exactly right. So, I'm going to read this for you. Everyone get your Bibles and if you haven't already opened them to Revelation 4, it's at the end, you know, before the very, very last bit, chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 1 to 11. It says, After this I looked and before me, was a door standing open in heaven with the voice I had heard at first speaking to me like a trumpet. And it said, come up here and I'll show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me uh, was a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. A rainbow resembling, resembling an emerald encircled him and encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne were what looked like a, was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne were four living creatures that were covered in eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each one of the four creatures had six wings and covered with eyes all around, even under the wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory... 
honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay down their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they were made and have their being. That's what we're looking at. And you might have picked up, there's a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of weird things, and they're all looking at God. Right? So John sees four creatures. He sees 24 elders. And later on, it says that he sees every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them. And they all act the same way around God. God sees that. All of heaven revolves around God. They praise him, worship him, and glory in him. All of heaven revolves around God. But why? See, what what does this picture show us as to why every creature in heaven and on earth and in the sea and under the earth and everything ever would stand around singing to God? I'm going to give you two reasons, right? There's like a billion. There's a song about that. Who can count? The blessings. Anyway, I forget the words. But (laughs) there's a song about that. I'm going to give you two reasons. Uh, Here's the first one. All of heaven revolves around God because of who he is. Take a look at verse 8. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Right? In other words, they're saying, good, perfect, holy is our almighty God who was and is, and is to come. They tell us that he was there before, right? And there will always be more and more of him to come, right? See, this way that they talk about him, that's a reference to the Old Testament, right? When people had visions of God, he'd often call himself the Alpha and the Omega. You might have heard that in Revelation as well. He says, I'm the first and the last. Alpha was just the word for A, and Omega was, well, that was O, but we've got a couple more letters since then. Basically, he's saying, I'm the A and the Z. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Um, now, it makes sense, right? If God made everything, then he would be the, the first, the Alpha. Um, but the description, the Alpha and the Omega, shows us a God who not only was there first, Uh, But he's so big and so incredible that even if we spent forever and ever and ever with him after we die and we never died again, there would still be more of him to come. He would still be the last guy standing. He's so big. He's the first and the last. It's pretty nuts, eh? Okay, so he's super old, (laughs) right? So is my grandpa. Nobody stands around singing to him. Why on earth does that make him worthy of praise? Well... There's more to the description. Take a look in verse 3, right? It says, And there was one who sat on the throne, and he had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. Basically, just imagine like rubies, gemstones, you know, like really, really precious rocks. It was dazzling. And then he goes on, and he says, A rainbow resembling an emerald circled around the throne, right? He's like all sparkly and glowy, and he's just majestic and glorious. And then go on. In verse 5, it says, From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. 
right? So the closest John can get to describing this God that he sees is like, oh, oh, um, he was like, he was like rubies, um, and and he had like a giant rainbow around him, and every time he did something, there was like thunder and lightning, and that's just the closest he can get. That's not even accurate. He doesn't have language to describe God. He has a vision, and the closest he gets is this. Basically, he's bigger deal than Gandalf, right? This guy is huge. He's amazing. Thank you, Sam. Um, this guy is amazing. He's hectic, powerful, and just adjusting how he sits causes thunder and lightning. Right? This guy, Isaiah, had a vision of him in the Old Testament, and he cried out, Woe is me! I am ruined! For I am a man of unclean lips, and I've seen the Lord. Just looking at him shows you how lowly you are, shows you how unworthy you are to even see him. The first description of this God goes like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God's just like, you know what? Some light would be good. Boom! The darkness just pelts, right? It runs away because God says, let there be light. The word of his mouth is enough to cause existence. Do you get the picture? This God, the one that they're describing, is massive. He's powerful. He's glorious. But did you notice something else, right? More than what it says about God right here is what it doesn't say, how little it actually describes him. It says he looks like rocks. It says that there's like, you know, a rainbow glowing around him. But as best as John can describe him, doesn't actually do it. Even more than that, if you just look at how everything in heaven fits around him, gives you a better indication of what he's like. It's the same as, right? So imagine someone said this. When Damien entered the room, everyone went quiet. The floorboards groaned as he walked across them, and almost every pair of hands was trembling. There wasn't a man in the room brave enough to peel himself off the wall, even though their eyes kept glancing at the door. How many people imagine Damien as like some ginormous, mean-looking guy in their heads? Yeah? There's a couple of hands. Probably the Englishy types. Um, If you did imagine that, he was probably heap strong, right? And he was looking for a fight. See, whether you imagine that or whether you just imagine that he was so fat, no one trusted the floorboards to hold him. You all had an image of him. You all had a good understanding of who Damien is and what he's capable of. See, describing how everyone around him reacted was just as good, if not better, than just describing him. Um, see, their reaction showed that they could clearly see him and see him as big and strong. And at the same time as describing him, it allowed you to compare them to him. See, this passage does the same thing. It says a little bit about God, um, but then looking at how everyone in heaven reacts to seeing him is even better. See, just like we understand what a pineapple is, and so we know it's not dangerous, you just slice it up and put it on a burger. In, or pizza. Uh, and in this passage, we see that God is big and glorious and super powerful. And so we need to react 
the right way. All of heaven revolves around God because the right response to seeing God clearly is awe and worship. Who he is demands it. So reason number two, right? Second reason that all of heaven revolves around God is because of what he's done. So look at verse 11. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power... For you created all things, and by your will they were made and have their being. God is worthy to receive glory and honor and power because he's solely responsible for everything good, everything at all. He's the one who made it. Just to be clear here, do you guys know what glory is? It's what racing drivers get, right? When they win, they get the trophies and the champagne bottles and they go, oh, you know, screw it up and it goes everywhere and obviously gets very sticky and I don't know why they do that. But that's the glory. It's the huge crowds, you know, knowing who they are and loving them, treating them like they're the bomb. That's glory and honor. You heard that word before? Um, it's pretty much the same word as glory. Uh, it's having people think the best of you. And these guys... They all say that God deserves that from everyone. In some ways, if you think about it, what they're saying is pretty simple. It's the same as when you go to someone's house and they ask you to take off your shoes. Um, You do it because it's their house, right? They deserve uh, the power in their house. When you go to someone's house and they're just like, oh, take off your shoes, you're just like, well, I can't really, you know, not do that. That's heaps rude. So these guys say, God, you made everything. So you're worthy to have power over it. But have you ever thought, how far does that go, right? Power over everything when it comes to God? So your mate Tim or your friend Sally, um, they have the authority to ask you to take off their shoes because they live in a house, right? But they didn't even make it. They didn't buy it. It's their parents' house. But we still listen to them. We still understand that they deserve to have us listen to them. But God... Right? with the words of his mouth. Effortless. He made the stars that warm the planets that he made. One of them is earth. He makes the water evaporate to give us rain so that we can have plants for oxygen uh, and to eat, uh, and it gives our food something to eat. Um, so he holds the earth exactly at the right point on its axis. He holds it exactly at the right distance from the sun, right? So it doesn't burn and it doesn't freeze. It's perfect. He gives countries stable government so that we can live peacefully, so that a man and a woman can get together and buy a house. Um, And they can do that with the money from the jobs that God gave them. Um, And they can have children. And God says that he is the one who even knits them together in the womb. And then, right, that's God. And yet we ignore him and think it's a big deal when our friends won't take off their shoes. If the nothing of what our friends do deserves respect, then the everything that God has done deserves honor and glory and power, for sure. Not only does God's wonder and his power demand worship, but what he's done with it does too. 
See, this house, this is his house in every way. So he deserves to have us listen when he tells us what to do. Now, more than that, um, I don't want to get into it too much because next week is saying exactly this, so get keen for it. Um, But there's an even better reason for us to give everything to God. Even better than just the fact that he made us, right? Even better than just the fact that he's given us everything. We've rejected him. We just don't even listen to him. We don't give him 100%. We don't even give him 1%. We just ignore him. And so instead of sending us to hell, as he should, as he does, if we continue to reject him, he made a way for us to be right with him. He sent his son Jesus to die. Jesus died a death so that we could live. If you want a reason to live for God, to give glory to God, to give Him power, it's that. Not only did He give you everything, but when you rejected Him for it, He bought you back. See, this vision of God that he gave to John, shows us a bunch of people who see God clearly and react the right way. They show us how we should be reacting. But is it close to the way that you act? Now, it'd be weird if you guys like made crowns for yourselves and you like bowed down and like threw them across a pond to some throne that you kind of put over the other way. That'd, that'd be kind of weird. But uh, we see that God is the center of their universe, the universe. Is God the center of yours? A letter that Paul wrote, right, called Romans, we did that last term, he says that we need to give our lives to God as if we've been sacrificed, but we're still alive. We give it to him and we stay alive uh, and that's how we do it, right? And we call that worship, which means showing the value, showing the worth of something, worth-ship. So what are some ways that you would live? What are some ways that you would live uh, if you believed that the God of the Bible uh, deserves honor and glory and power? How would you show that God is worth something to you? Here's the first one to check, right? Compare yourself to what God wants. One of the Ten Commandments God gives is honor your mother and your father. Uh, God made families in such a way that two people get together and they start having kids. And those people, they've been around for a while. You know, they'll probably be like, you know, a million years old. And, um, and so they know a thing or two. And one of their roles is to teach you, to instruct you. Do you listen to your parents? Because um, God wants that. He says to do that. God compares people who disobey their parents to thieves and murderers and greedy people. He hates people who disobey their parents. Right? So do you do the chores they set out for you? Uh, or do you put your interests above their authority and God's will? If you get pocket money from your parents, how do you spend it? Right? Do you, do you think, okay, well, God gave this to me, so I can be generous with it because he gave it to me. I didn't earn it. Or do you forget who gave it to you and do you just spend it all on whatever the heck you want? Do you give any to church? Um, God says that he doesn't like 
foul language. I reckon a lot of people just don't even realize how foul foul language is. It's terrible. Um, No, it's not a duck speech. Um, God hates it, right? So do you do everything you can to present yourself as a tidy individual who loves good and kindness towards others? Or are you a grub with a dirty mouth when your parents aren't around? Do you honor God with the words that you use? I reckon that's huge. God reckons that's huge. Or when you're in need, when you're hurting, do you run to God? He is the biggest, baddest, yeah, he's the biggest, baddest dude rocking the suburbs with the power to do anything and a love for all his children. Do you ever ask him, uh, do you ever ask him expecting him to help? Not only is praying for help good, because God just might fix the troubles that you're in, Praying for help is good because showing that you have the faith that God can fix things, can help you, can heal you, that gives him glory. When you lean on him, it shows that you have faith in him, and that gives him glory. See, in Revelation, we see when people actually see God, right? When everything gets taken away and they see him clearly face to face, their reaction is to sing is to fall down, not even look at him with their faces on the ground. They throw him their crowns. They give him their authority because God is the center of the universe. All of heaven revolves around him. Is God the center of your universe? Um, Right now, we're going to break up into groups. We're going to talk to each other about some things. Um, So, that's, that's called discussion groups uh, with your G-teams. If you don't know what that is because you're in year six or you've never really been before, that's cool. Don't freak out. Just find your leader. But before we do that, we're going to do something better. All right, so that's, that's what we're going to do eventually. Um, but before that, we're going to have uh, some time doing what these guys do. They sing. They sing to God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we're going to do that now. Um, so the band's going to get up and we're going to sing.